Listen today as Dr. Kashi dives into the intricacies of the SRO model and its application in daily life. This episode focuses on understanding two main components of humanity's belief system, the rational, flexible, and scientific part, and the distorted, rigid, and impulsive part. The good doctor highlights how the interplay between these components ultimately shapes our outcomes. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And right now, everything, all the big fancy technology is melting down. So I'm outside in the old Zen garden with Old Faithful. With Old Faithful. This is apropos. It is apropos. Today's lesson is covering how being mad about good results will make you sadder and fatter than being happy about bad results ever will. Now, the previous lesson introduced TKN's SRO model, some of the vocabulary, and some of the utility it has in resolving your problems around food, eating, and your body. So here's what you're learning, okay? There's an ultra-quick review of the SRO model, TKN's SRO model. This lesson is, is more focusing on the O, the outcome how you feel about your results, how you see them subjectively, that has the biggest influence on your measurable success empirically. And why smart people do dumb stuff, like get mad about positive results, like get mad about positive results and strange, strange tendencies like that, that a lot of smart and intelligent people have. You know now that the SRO model starts with a stimulus, S, more specifically a frustrating stimulus, something that gets between you and what you want. For instance, you get on the scale and the number is different from what you want it to be, which you demand it must say what you, what you need it to say, by the way. <laughs> and in a frustrated and stressed out state, you get caught up and what, what fancy science people call cognitive tunneling, and your flexible and rational options, they tend to go out the window for more rigid, impulsive, and probably self-defeating options in terms of behavior. And this influences your response at R. So if S is stimulus, R is response. Your response to a stimulus so that you can avo- avoid, shrink, or resolve the frustrating stimulus. You can avoid the scale entirely, throwing it out the window. You can exercise like the dickens. You can starve yourself. You can say mean, hateful things to yourself. You can say, screw it, F it, may as well eat. You can do all the above. You can do all the above. (laughs) Then there's the outcome. So S is a stimulus, R is the response, O is the outcome. Here's where your thinking cap goes on for today's lesson. The outcome is a combination of two things, actually. The outcome is a combination of the result, what actually happens, and the outlook on that result, what you think happened, your, your inferences associated with that result, okay? Now, a positive result is closer to where you want to be measurably. A negative result is further away measurably. See, these are both empirically substantiated data points that you can measure, and you can have a positive or negative outlook on those positive or negative results. That gives you four different options in terms of outcomes. A positive outlook. A positive outlook is when you purposefully gain practically useful experience from your result. So you can learn 
and gain practically useful experience from positive results, things that get you closer to what you want, and from negative results, things that get you, things that put you in a position further from what you want. And many people argue that you learn more from, from a result that gets you further from what you want so that next time you can do something differently. That some people would consider a more resilient response, okay? Overcoming an obstacle as it were. Now, a negative outlook is when you frustrate yourself because your result, positive or negative, when you get a positive or negative result and then you frustrate yourself with that result, essentially. Okay, so one more time. A negative outlook is when you frustrate yourself because of your result, and that result can be positive or negative, thus creating a frustrating stimulus from O to S all over again. And as a quick aside, it does seem kind of strange to have a negative outlook on a positive result, but understand that this is what happens to a lot of people all the time every day. It is the underlying cause of misery resulting from all or nothing thinking. It's either perfect or it's garbage. You either succeed or you fail. Under those circumstances, under that dichotomous mindset, under that psychological binary that all or nothing, black or white, you either get exactly what you want or it's a disaster and you can't stand it. So under those circumstances, even if you get closer to what you want, even if you get a good result, it could still be a failure. Does that make sense? I either lose five pounds this week or this whole thing is terrible. It's too much damn work. I can't stand it. Even if I lose one pound, which is still closer to where I want to be, the plan still failed. I am a failure, so I may as well act foolishly and destroy the progress I did make, thus proving my assessment of failure correct. Does that make sense? So you can have a negative outlook on a positive result and that acts as its own frustrating stimulus, which does act to, which does promote a response that will have a negative result, even if the previous result is positive, thus continuing on becoming its own frustrating stimulus again. This is how a lot of self-sabotage occurs, okay? Have you ever felt that way? Been mad about making progress? Like when you step back and say, I was actually closer to where I want to be, but then I got mad about it and did something dumb. And then I really was further from where I wanted to be. That's what this is describing. Thinking that your progress was actually a failing. And because of that assessment of your progression being a failing, you act in a way that did, in fact, destroy that progress, thus proving your failure correct. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever done that? Hmm? So to keep things simple, you can be closer to what you want or further away from what you want. This is empirical. You can measure it. You can think you're closer or think you are further from what you want, this is subjective. This is more about how you feel, okay? This, again, means there are four possible outcomes that are falling under two categories, constructive outcomes and destructive outcomes. And this is entirely dependent on your outlook or how you see your result, okay? How you feel subjectively about your measurable result. If you have a positive outlook on your result, you are prepared to avoid, shrink, or overcome the obstacle the next time you experience it, thus preparing you for a different set of frustrating stimuli. You overcome this set of stimuli, and then you can overcome bigger and badder challenges further along down the line. Or you can use it to create more challenges for yourself, as it were, right? <laughs> okay, so if you have a positive outlook on your result, you are prepared to avoid, shrink, or overcome this obstacle the next time you experience it, and it prepares you for the next set of frustrating stimuli. This is a constructive outcome. 
you are ready for new, more challenging obstacles, as well as ready to deal with the same obstacle again. And it's much easier to deal with rationally. You put your impulsiveness to the side, the rationality comes out, and you can use your scientific mindedness to overcome the obstacle, okay? When you see it again, and you probably will, okay? String along constructive outcomes, okay? Even in the presence of negative results, especially in the presence of negative results, mind you, and this is how you teach yourself to act resiliently. That's what that means, okay? Now, a positive outlook on a positive result essentially cultivates gratitude. It prompts you to learn from your results and again, still do better next time. There is a difference between you can do better and never good enough. You can be good enough and you can do better at the same time. So it's good and okay to recognize that you did well and it's good to say, this worked well, here's how I can do even better next time. That's what that means. You can be good enough and you can do better at the same time. That's how you act grateful. You still improve, regardless of whether the result is positive or negative. That's what that means, okay? Now that's how you apply a positive outlook to results that are positive and negative. You can have a negative outlook on results that are positive or negative as well. In essence, you have a problem with your result, okay? You have a problem your frustrating stimulus, right? Then you responded, R, so you have a problem with your frustrating, you have, a, you have a frustrating stimulus at S, and then you responded at R, and then you have a problem with the result. Thus, you create a problem with your problem. You have a problem with your problem. That's essentially what that means, okay? Now, under these circumstances, your negative outlook acts as its own frustrating stimulus. So something, Frustrated you at S, you responded at R, you had a negative outcome at O, and that negative outcome was its own frustrating stimulus, and the cycle starts over again. Except it's more intense this time, and more frustrating until you can't stand it anymore, okay? When you have a negative outlook on your result, okay, then the outcome acts as its own frustrating stimulus. This is a destructive outcome versus a constructive outcome. Now, you already learned about the negative outlook on a positive result. This is typically from all the all-or-nothing perfectionistic style thinking that a lot of smart people tend to have problems with. You either get exactly what you want, as you must, or else it may as well have been a failure, and then you end up acting in ways that proves that it really is a failure. Hmm. This is a destructive outcome at O. Why? Why? Well, this destructive outcome, again, acts as its own frustrating stimulus at S, and then you may use that to give yourself permission to respond at R in a way that does give S a, an empirically negative result, thus proving your failure at O, okay? Your level of resting frustration rises, okay? Your sensitivity to frustrating stuff goes up along with your impulsivity the chances that you're gonna act on urges that will give you negative results, those go up. The probability that you'll act a fool essentially goes up, especially when you're frustrated. But now you become frustrated easier and easier, and that makes it easier and easier for you to act impulsively, and this is what happens when things become overwhelming, okay? You're prepared to frustrate yourself even more the same time, the next time that same obstacle presents itself. So instead of being more prepared to deal with that obstacle next time, you are less prepared and more likely to frustrate yourself and create a problem with that problem and act impulsively and destructively the next time you encounter that issue. Okay? So here's the most important part the prime determinant 
That's how you view of your, of your outlook on the result, okay, is your BS, is your BS, your belief system. The semantics around your belief system and the stories you tell yourself are the topic of the next lesson, more or less, okay? Specifically, how your BS connects the frustrating stimulus at S to the outcome O, okay? Oftentimes, your BS will have you circumvent your response at R entirely. <laughs> so it makes it look like the frustration causes the outcome rather than your response causing the outcome. Your belief system may circumvent your response, and so it ends up looking like he made me mad, rather than he said this thing, I made myself mad, and then I acted as if I was mad, okay? Your belief system will circumvent your response and transfer agency that way, which is why things feel so frustrating and overwhelming, because the power of the outcome has been distributed elsewhere. Okay, and when you audit your belief system, you have the ability to say, here are the things that I have influence over. I can focus on these things and thus increase the probability of the result and thereby improving my self-confidence that when I do act in this way, I can influence the results I want more regularly. Okay, SRO solves for that. It keeps smart people from doing dumb stuff that smart perfectionistic people tend to do. <laughs> so here's what you learned. You got an ultra quick review of SRO focused a bit on the O, this lesson, the outcome, how you feel about your results subjectively has the biggest influence on your measurable success empirically, right? Things you can measure if you are closer or further away from what you want. And why smart people do dumb stuff, like get mad at positive results. <laughs> Thank you for learning. Stay rational. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. And see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out.